0: This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 307, Comic Reviews, the week of Wednesday, September 16th. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. This is episode 307, and it's our comic reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, September the 16th. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and let's jump into some talking about some comics, why don't we? Uh, this week, I didn't don't have as many to talk about as I typically do, only about seven books, so uh, let's just jump right in. First up, alphabetically, we've got Captain America White. Now, this is... I'm almost shocked that we're finally getting this, because it's been so many years uh, since we got that zero issue, which was always weird that, you know, they announced it, they gave us a zero issue and then that was it. And then for like, I think it's been seven years or something, uh, we're finally getting the two issues this month, which is kind of crazy. Um, it's by Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale. If you like Tim Sale's artwork, if you like Jeff Loeb's uh, you know, way of telling a flashback story to the roots of a character through a more modern lens, uh, in terms, of, When I say modern lens, I mean just kind of a retrospective, not actually being a, mo- a more modern story. In fact, I would say these books are extremely timeless. I mean, if you read all the color books, they don't really have a definitive time period they're set in, except for, I guess, this one, because it's set in the 40s. But again, even then, it has a very you know, old-school 40s feel to it. What's interesting... Is that I like the first issue, but if you read the zero issue, that's kind of included. Although it's included at the back half, which is kind of weird for chronology. Uh, Cap feels different. He feels more unsure of himself in the first issue, and especially in the relationship between the two characters. It seems that they're closer in age and less have less about Bucky having kind of respect for Cap in the number one issue as opposed to the zero issue. In the zero issue, it definitely feels a little bit more refined. Uh, that being said definitely dug this um the art i think definitely made bucky look both smaller and younger almost too much at times but for the most part this was a lot of fun um cap again felt a little subservient more than i was expecting again based on how he had been portrayed in the zero issue and i think if i hadn't read the zero issue again i probably wouldn't have had an issue with it It's only in comparison to the zero issue that just kind of seems a little weird that being said it looks great it reads well um, was it worth eight years of wait? I think it was. I think it was a very enjoyable book. I'm excited to read the second issue uh, later this month, so I give it a, an eight out of ten. It was worth the wait and an enjoyable read. Uh, next up is Prez number four. Now, actually, right before I read this, I read Prez number three, which I realized I hadn't actually read yet, um, which actually I enjoyed it more than I expected. I. It's a weird book. It, it's almost, a, it's a disturbing book in terms of the level of violence and ...crazy stuff happening, but uh, it's also trying to be a satire, so you're not supposed to kind of take it too seriously... ...even though it is kind of heinous, what it's showing this crazy, creepy, futuristic world to be. Uh, It's written by Mark Russell, artwork by uh, Dominique Duomo-Stanton. I would give this a solid 7 out of 10. I mean, it continues to push the farce forwards, um, introducing new characters, new elements, while also showing more about um, what might be happening as we as we progress and near the halfway mark of this book now that we know it's supposed to be I believe 12 issues at this point um, it's enjoyable uh, the art is quirky so is the story um, it's the type of thing which works best as a limited series I would say as opposed to an ongoing uh, because it's kind of a more of a um, it feels like a um, a satire where there's definitely an end in sight where it's not meant to be just kind of this ongoing, Free for all. It's it feels like it's meant to have a point where it would have to end, and I'm interested to see what that looks like. I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Uh, next up is Secret Six. This is issue number six by Gil Simone, artwork by Tom Dernick, who I don't enjoy his art as much as Eagle Shams. That being said, it was it was actually all right here. Um, this is not the end of the arc. There's still like a bit of a cliffhanger here as to what's gonna happen with Sue really not sure how to take this version of Big Shot or Ralph Dibney. Um, it's just so different. And I'm having some difficulty getting used to that. Um, it's just, it's almost too weird. Um, just because it's it's so not anything like the Ralph Dib- Dibney we know. And I know it's not fair to, to mark this issue down because the character isn't what I want. It sh- I should be saying it based on what the character is. And it's just weird because... I feel like it's trying to play on my emotions and how I would feel about Ralph and Sue and their relationship in the pre-New 52. While at the same time, it wants me to be okay with him being a very kind of different iteration of the character. Almost more simple, but not quite simple enough. It's just weird. Um, I like the use of the team here though, and I thought it put them through their paces as opposed to, you know, them just being all on one side and said they're kind of having issues between them uh, with re- regards to what Big Shot's doing and uh, the, um, Scarface does something interesting as well, or the Ventriloquist, I should say, does something interesting as well which definitely brings up some questions which I've always had about that character how much of it's magic, how much of it's just psychosis and it's definitely a little bit more just magic here um, I don't know, it was, it was an interesting issue I think I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 it's, I think... The art, I get, you know, probably felt more accurate to the type of story that, that Gail Simone was telling. Um, I may prefer Equal art, but it wouldn't not necessarily have been the right fit for the story, if that makes any sense. So I, I'm going to give this a 7. Uh, next up is Spider Island, number 4, which I have really enjoyed. I think it's been a ton of fun. Uh, it's been a really enjoyable book. Um, we got one more issue to come. So, I'm excited to see that and what's going to happen there. We have Peter Parker and Venom teaming up on, uh, you know, as part of the kind of resistance to go up against the Queen. Uh, It's a natural kind of outgrowth of what we've seen throughout in this book. Um, I like Flash having the starring role that he has, having him as Venom, but also wearing the stealth Spider Man suit was kind of cool. Um, It's really enjoyable. And then the backup, uh, which is. by Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends. Uh, in the MC2 universe, it was a lot of fun as well. Uh, seeing a lot of the different um, MC2 characters kind of fighting against, um, you know, the, the, what's her name? Jeez. Um, I guess the Hope Van Dyne. I forget her actual name, but, um, very, or Hope Him, I should say. It was very cool to kind of see. Um, Interested to see what, what kind of happens from here. Uh, it was not. I spent a while since I've read a, uh, or I've seen you know this version of Kane and uh, I think it's Lady Hawk and Raptor and all these characters. So it was kind of nice to see them join up. I wish that that the whole Spider Girl part had had a chance to breathe as its own full story, as opposed to just being backups. Um, it's enjoyable, but I think that the momentum gets cut down. Um, you don't get as much room for the story to breathe, and there's a lot of characters, and I wish that there was more space for them to, to get time, and I think Tom DeFalco does the best he can to really make this feel like you're getting a full MC2 universe package as much as he can, with Spider-Girl, obviously, as the star. I just wish there was more of it, that's all. Um, good art by Ron Friends. I mean, he's, he's just such a fantastic illustrator. I'm going to give this whole issue an 8 out of 10. It remains a fun and enjoyable book. Uh, next up is Star Wars. This is issue number nine by Jason Aaron and artwork by Stuart Eminen. and the artwork just looks fantastic. Even though we've moved from Cassidy to Eminen, it just looks great. Um, again, it feels very much like you're you're watching the, a movie. Um, the brashness of Luke is really cool. Seeing him, you know, dealing with a hut, uh, learning a lot more about, um, you know, what this particular hut's uh, inclinations are. Very, very cool. Uh, excited to kind of see what happens next. Um, seeing what's going on with, um, you know, what we might see next with uh, Chewie and C three PO is kind of cool. I want to see them teaming up. Um, get more of Han Solo, Leia, and his uh, Han's supposed wife. Uh, this just it remains a thrilling read. I don't know what it is, but there's just so much energy and life in these current Star Wars books that uh, Marvel's putting out. I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. That's right. half out of 10. Fantastic read. Uh, next up is Star Wars Lando number 4, the second last issue. Uh, this is written by Charles Sewell, artwork by Alex Malieve. Um, really enjoyable. The art is fantastic. Very moody. Uh, a cool kind of concept here that uh, the idea that, you know, they break into this this uh, treasure trove of um, of Sith artifacts and already the the tool, two kind of badass um uh, fighters kind of get corrupted by it, and now they're kind of wielding uh, Darth Maul's lightsaber, and, um, uh, so, or not his specifically, but a, a dual-edged uh, lightsaber, and another one's just holding a single lightsaber, and very, very cool uh, excited to come see what comes next. Again, it feels like this is the Lando that we saw in the original movies. This feels like Billy Dee Williams. You can close your eyes, well, not close your eyes, but read the dialogue, and you can hear Billy D. saying these words. Uh, it feels very authentic, which is a big part of what's making this current rush, or not rush, this current wave of Star Wars books so solid, except for maybe the Princess Leia one, is that it really feels like they got the characters' voices down. You feel like you could hear their voices saying this dialogue. And that's a huge part of making any licensed property work, is being able to achieve an authenticity to what those characters are in whatever medium they're originally in before they're being adapted for comic book format. And I feel here that Marvel's really uh, killing it. They're really getting it accurate, feels right, and that's what's making them such a huge success thus far. Uh, Next up is Superman Wonder Woman 21. This is our last book of the week. Um, I really enjoyed this. Uh, we're definitely building to something that Greg was is doing in the other two books. That uh, I guess it's what Batman, Superman, and Action Comics so you have the two. Definitely building to something. Uh, this is great, you know, writing by uh, um, Peter Tomasi. Artwork by Doug Monk is just gorgeous. Um, I really like the development of the relationships and how, you know, in some ways, Clark's allowing himself to be um, kind of what's the word he's being isolated and he's kind of allowing it to happen more than anything but uh he's becoming more and more isolated from his colleagues because of how he feels he's been betrayed and he's been you know he's he's going through all this he's you know his identity has been revealed and he's a lot more vulnerable both power-wise and mentally than typically um so I, i i like this story the fact that they're kind of not necessarily breaking up Superman and Wonder Woman, but definitely driving some wedges between them because of his struggles with his, his current identity issues. It's actually really cool, and I really enjoyed it. Um, Tomasi is you know, such a workman. Uh, he's a great writer, and I'm going to give this an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, now, looking at some of the books I did not get a chance to read this past week, some of the highlights included Bizarro, uh, Black Canary, New Show of Doomed... A uh, new issue of Wonder Woman, Mickey Mouse, Age of Apocalypse, uh, All-New Hawkeye, Armor Wars, House of M, Infinity Gauntlet, Secret Wars Journal, Spider-Verse, etc. Uh, when we look at what's coming out this coming week on September the 23rd, some of the highlights include um, uh, the New Deal hardcover from DC, a new show of Astro City, uh new issues of Batgirl, Batman, Deathstroke, Flash... Uh, Grayson, there's the Joker Endgame hardcover, a new new issues of Sinestro and We Are Robin, as well as Why the Last Man trade paperback book three. Uh, from IDW, we got the fifth issue of Donald Duck, as well as the first uh, Trey paperback, I believe, collecting the first three issues. ...of Donald Duck in the new uh, IDW relaunch. It's called Donald Duck Shellfish Motives. Uh, the un- the Uncle Scrooge version just came out, so uh, I probably pick this up as well. I've been buying the singles of Donald Duck, but I want to give them to my son someday or get him to start reading them. And I, you know, as much as I was like, oh, I can give him comics. I'm like, ah, I don't know if I can. I can watch him potentially destroy comics. Like, yeah, I know that sounds stupid, but I'm not even like these aren't things I want to keep for collectors' reasons. But I just have a problem seeing comics get hurt. And it sounds so silly when I say it out loud, but so even the idea of giving him like something I want him to enjoy and want him to be able to read it and enjoy it. I mean, he's two, so he's going to destroy it before he's actually reading it. But I just I feel like trade paperback, even though it's more expensive, it's thicker paper and it can't destroy it as easily. And I don't know, having a real problem with it. It's a it's, it's a struggle. Uh, from Image Comics coming up this coming week, we've got Manhattan Project: Sun Beyond the Stars, issue number three by. Uh, uh, Jonathan Hickman and Nick Patara who's a friend of the show and has been uh, on two previous episodes, actually. And then from Marvel, uh, we got new issues of 1872, which I've really been digging, so I'm really excited about a new issue. Uh, trade paperback-wise, we've got Amazing Spider-Man Volume 5, uh, Spiral, as well as Black Widow Trade Paperback Volume 3 called Last Days. Uh, Deadpool classic trade paperback called... Uh, Deadpool team up, it's volume thirteen. I don't think it's classic, if it's relatively new, but whatever. That's just me. Uh, the recent Deathlock series, which has ended, by Mike Perkins, who will actually be uh, uh, guesting on the show in a couple of weeks. Um, he that tr- second trade paperback called Man vs Machine is out. Uh, if you take the full ten issues, are just fantastic as a, as one big story. There's How are the Duck trade paperback, volume zero, What the Duck. Uh, Loki, Agent of Asgard, volume three, Last Days. Punisher Volume 3, Last Days, Trick Paperback, which is fantastic, great read. Uh, And then we've got Runaways Number 4, Weird Weird World Number 4, Extinction Agenda Number 4, and Years of Future Past Number 5. So that's all the stuff coming out on the 23rd. Thanks again for listening to us, or listening to me, as I prattle through these comics. You can reach me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Our next episode will be episode 308, which is a conversation with Colin Bunn, the writer of uh, Sinestro, um, Lobo, the upcoming um, Uncanny X-Men. He's currently writing House of M. Uh, he's really interesting... Um, We had a really great conversation I think you'll really enjoy it Uh, So that'll be episode 308 And episode 310 coming out next week So I guess the last week of September Or actually, let me take that back Well, it is the last week of September next week But coming out uh, probably on the 2nd of October Will be a conversation with Howard Mackey Uh, Howard Mackie is well-known for the 90s of creating the Danny Ketch version of Ghost Rider, as well as writing a lot of Spider-Man books in that period. Uh, He was also an editor in the early 90s and late 80s as well, including editing John Byrne's tenure on West Coast Avengers. So that's something to look forward to in the next two episodes. We have uh, a lot of interview episodes coming up soon, including conversations with, as I said before, Mike Perkins, Devin Grayson. Um, I think we, we... it's now going to be, I think, in December, but we're going to, at some point, get uh, Steve Scroche or Scroce on the show, um, I think, also in December, um, oh, I can't remember, which we have a lot of creators coming up. we got Mike Barron coming up, I believe, in late October, so we've got a lot on the, on the dance card, so we're always kind of working on uh, scheduling more interviews if possible, and... Um, and so that'll be some good stuff. Oh, uh, in December, we hope to have Frank Thierry on the episode on the series as well. I've been a long-time fan of his work, so that'll be really exciting to get him on the show as well. So thank you for joining us for episode 307, and make sure to check back in a couple days on Friday th- for episode 308, our conversation with Colin Bunn. Thanks, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.